wait. You don't sound autistic. Well, uh, what does an autistic person wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. And, uh... Shit, every time, I mess this up every time we start. <laughs> I'm like, what are we supposed to say after this? Um, so, welcome back, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform so you can be notified of the newest episodes when they're released. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group. Join the group, join the conversation. If you want to join the Facebook group, it's on Facebook. Um, it's You Don't Sound Autistic, YDSA. And we just ask a couple of uh, basic questions from you and then ask that you uh, abide by the rules of the group and then you can join. And um, we also like to welcome our listeners from different countries and all over the United States. And we also like to welcome the new people that have joined the Facebook group. We have a few new members, I think, this week. We do. So that's pretty cool. Uh, And Rochelle has a, a new spiel because... Some chick. Oh, come on. The story's okay, irrelevant. Fine. Same new spiel. All right. Same new spiel. Um, for those of you who are tuning in new to us, You Don't Sound Autistic is a mental and emotional health awareness podcast. Each week, we do our best to represent both neuro perspectives and talk about the continual discovery process of life on the spectrum. Our goal is to illuminate, uncover, and transparently discuss life with multiple diagnoses through a multi-generational neurodiversity lens. I guess it's neurodivergent. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. We follow an open, unscripted, conversational format that represents the real-life back and forth of communication and collaboration. Although what Rochelle just read was scripted. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only, one of the only things we script. That's hard to, to just wing. I mean, there's a lot of details and points to, to get into there so that we properly introduce ourselves and why we're doing this yeah i mean to really understand why we're doing this you'd have to go back and listen to episode one jumping right in that tells kind of the story or you can check out um you don't sound autistic.com there's an about page that goes that's through. right we have a website now that's right and down in the quick links there's a quick links to the about page which uh it gives a brief overview um of our stories so that's an option also if you prefer to read. My favorite part about the website is that we have merch. <laughs> well, we're starting. We have one bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, we have more than one. <laughs> well, <laughs> we have one design. But we have one design for sale. I have had a very uh, a highly distracted week, so I haven't been able to touch the website. And so I, was in, I intended to put all the rest of, of merchandise and products up there. And I haven't had a chance to touch it so <laughs> oh. it remains on my future to list your it aren't all to-do lists for the future so i some quote-unquote to-do lists are really just brain dumps have you heard the difference between these two things um like a uh, brain dump yeah so stop using the word dump because i i'm getting a different image in my head okay so a um brain download sure 
Okay, because sometimes we have all these ideas in our... The thing about the mind, which is so interesting and often misunderstood, is that our mind's job is to create all these ideas. It doesn't necessarily mean every single one of those ideas we're meant to do. It's just kind of like an idea generator. Our mind is like, oh, I could do this, or I saw this, or I could do that. And so we oftentimes can get easily confused when our mind is generating ideas because it's not our mind's job to necessarily decide which one of those ideas we're meant to do or should do. So the idea of a brain download, if you'd like that term better, is a collection of just all the different ideas that populated during your own, you know, individual brainstorming session. And then once you get them jotted down, then you go back and you start using other parts of yourself to evaluate each one of those ideas and be like okay is this this is a great idea but is this a great idea for me you might go well no cross that one off yeah i i when when are we doing these these uh i do them all the time brain dumps these brain downloads yes brain downloads Mm. some people mistake them as to-do lists and they write everything down and they they believe they have to do every single thing on that to-do list and it gets instantly overwhelming because it's it's not meant to be one like a a to-do list in one day is no more than one to three items one depending on the taking a dump is usually on my list of things to do (laughs) not what i meant but um but it's actually number two (laughs) i couldn't help it could you no. <laughs> I, you know what? And I saw your face change and I thought, oh, I opened the door to something. Yeah, the back door. <laughs> oh, man. So anyways, it's on. So my future to do list uh, for clarification, it is something I will do. It's not part of my brain download. Like it's it's on the finalized list of priority items. Okay. That my heart is behind that says, yes, this will happen. It's amazing how many little things, if you really start keeping track of all the different ideas your mind will throw at you, and then you you selectively and intentionally go through and go, yep, that one's either not for me, or I don't really want to do it, or not right now. Like You can whittle your list down pretty effectively, but most most of the time I find that we're not taught that whittling down part have you ever been taught that about a to-do list i've just been taught if you make a to-do list you're supposed to do that shit but uh, i mean who's making your to-do list me i mean if it's stuff like pay the bills and do the laundry that's what i know but like on a daily basis when i'm at work i usually will open up uh now to be fair i have probably 20 of these windows open but i will open up a uh like a notepad on my computer and yeah. I'll write Blake's to-do list Thursday. Right. You know, and I'll just start typing up all the different tasks that I have. And then if I don't get to certain things, you know, things move around on the list as I, obviously there's certain things that need to be done that exact day. And then other things where it's like, oh, this is going to be done later this week or something. And some things just change with the flow of just everyday life. But, and work is a little bit different, although sometimes not, but um, because usually those are, like company driven things. Right. Um, I have this tool that I developed for myself at at home called my manageable life. And it's kind of built into quadrants and, and I've, 
identified what I think the four main categories of like what are important to me are. And within those categories, I started to outline, okay, what does a manageable life look like in terms of, you know, my self-care or in terms of, you know, my environment or in terms of, you know, my sensory, like different things. And so then I started to build in what I thought was important for myself. And that's part of my manageable life. So for example, for me, for my mental health, I need a clean kitchen every night. And sometimes if it's like the last five minutes of my day and I'm like, okay, I've got to sit and clean this kitchen because it's part of my manageable life. It's not a routine. It's like, I don't hold myself to it if I'm really not feeling well, but I know that it's something I've committed to that will help me feel better. And sure enough, I mean, I can get that thing clean in like five minutes now. Want to come over to my place and clean? <laughs> I got a kitchen that you would just love. <laughs> I bet you do. The dishes and shit all over the place. Trash well, to take out. It helps me manage mine regularly so it doesn't ever get super bad because it's, I've already pre, my heart's already pre-committed to the fact that. I'd love that to treat you. Uh, to what? To my kitchen. Mm. Your kitchen was not on my list of my manageable life. I'll add it. <laughs> I'm in control of my manageable life. Okay, well, give me a pen. I'll, I'll write some notes on there. <laughs> I would I would be interesting to see, sorry, I would be interested to see what you wrote down for your manageable life if you were to do this exercise. Doesn't sound like something I would want to do. To p- decide what your heart's committed to in terms of maintaining your own personal environment? I don't want to commit my heart to cleaning my kitchen. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be part of your list. Okay. It's part of my list. It doesn't mean it's part of yours. Yeah, I don't know what my list would be. Give me some examples other than your clean kitchen. Um, so I have a goal to um, like take a bath twice a week. Wow, lofty goals. That's not the showers, obviously. I take more showers, but you know that relaxation bath. These tubs suck. The ones that, that we have. Yeah, they're not like the one... The the problem with so many bathtubs is that they're made of that acrylic or whatever it is that they're made of, so they they don't hold the heat. No, this one doesn't. And they're small. Yeah, but I mean, it just makes... You're sitting there with your balls, well, hopefully not you, but me, just, <laughs> just floating in the water. <laughs> okay. What, is that too much? No, no, it's a, it's a... They know I'm a dude. They do. So that's one of my things, um, you know, just keeping a picked up clean house. Obviously, I let certain areas, but nothing, it's just part of what... Declan earlier today was sitting there eating a cookie and just crumbs are falling all over the place. She's like, just let him eat his cookie. And I'm like, you're going to have to clean that floor. And instead of vacuuming, she just picked it all up with her fingers. But I I vacuumed yesterday and I'll vacuum again. I vacuum pretty frequently. So Trust me, I haven't vacuumed in six months. Okay, well, maybe that's the problem. See, I know that vacuuming is part of my manageable life, so if he's going to put crumbs on the floor, it's not going to be a big deal. He fell asleep on the floor the other day. Yeah. And he woke up, and it looked like he woke up on a barbershop floor. (laughs) Oh, no. He just had, like, old dog pubes in his face. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. It wasn't really that bad. But it was, like, like Play-Doh and, and like, little flecks of dirt. Old dog hair. I'm like, I better vacuum. And I didn't. <laughs> and you didn't. No. I vacuum like once every I'm not gonna say. Well, see that's the thing. I but I, I really I struggled. Have cleaned. Yeah, you have. You have. And I, I really struggled with housework. Um 
when when our life got really hectic and especially when he was born in that last two years I mean your mom used to have to come over so I could get anything done or she would do it which was a blessing but um when I got here I thought okay I really struggled with that like to the point where I almost I'm not sure I did much of anything it was something I wanted to course correct so I felt like I was starting to progress instead of continuing to regress in that area so it's but it was a commitment that I made to myself because I knew I was at a place where I had the capacity to keep it up. The thing about my daily, my manageable life is that I redo it once a year because my capacities change. Um, my schedule changes, my, my needs change and I don't hold myself to the same thing. You have to do it. I do it for my birthday and go, okay, where am I at now? Because you know, we make different decisions. We have different jobs. You change your schedule. We change the school. Like as those things change, our manageable life changes also. So I've just found it to be super helpful because it allows me to kind of pre-commit to what's important to me. And then when I'm making a decision between, okay, am I going to go like do this random thing or I've got five minutes, I can do one of the things on my pre-committed heart list. Then I feel really good when I get that thing done. So, so is this something that you'd made up yourself or is this something from one of your like online gurus that you learned? No, this is something I made up myself. Okay. Yeah. Teach me more. Is this something you, I mean, you'd like me to share? I c- no, I was just trying to be nice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're very funny. I thought it was super helpful. Uh, and I had it up in my bathroom for a while, although with the humidity in the shower, not a smart idea, but, um, it was nice to read and know that like I didn't always follow. I don't follow it quite to a T every day. But when I would look at it and go, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did that. Like I felt like I was honoring myself. And that's not a feeling you always get when you're trying to keep, you know, the ends of life tied together. So everything doesn't fall off the ship. You read it and go, wow, OK, I'm still on track. You know, I'm honoring what I know I want in life. And it just helps me feel more fulfilled at the end of a busy week. OK, so. Well, I'm not sure how I would apply that. The problem I would have is that I would make a list like that and then it would I would have a hard time. It would be called my unmanageable life. <laughs> well, well, I mean, like you might because you're managing your energy and right now you have a limited supply of energy. Um, your list without any shame might be, you know, might have a little bit less in each quadrant and that's perfectly fine it's there's no judgment to it there's no rules to how many things you put in there if there's three things in your quadrant that's fine that's just what you're saying is important to you and what you can manage try to make it to the toilet put that on there you know what if that's a goal that's a good lofty goal i mean some people might i um might put 30 minutes a day of video games and and i if someone wants to put that on their manageable list i would welcome it and encourage it because what i don't think at least i know you know, a lot of people that don't understand video games, they're very judgmental and critical. And, and what's ignorant about that is that they don't understand how satisfying it can be to sit down and play a video game and actually master something for 30 minutes, or at least just put yourself in a world where you know, you know, there's a limited amount of things that can surprise you. And you can get into that rest and digest and have some fun and actually be a kid and take some of the stress off. Whereas I'm playing like games where things jump out at me and I have Ah. to kill them. 
But what's your, okay, so you have organizational problems in your house, right? Yes. You like everything out so you can see it because if you put it behind a cabinet, you'll forget it. I do. I wish that all of my cabinets were clear. (gasps) That's the secret. They should make autistic cabinets. Or I don't know, maybe that's more of an ADHD thing. I don't know. I think they, it's they, an ADHD. The worlds in my brain, like they kind of mesh together because I'm both. It's an AD. As I understand, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess it could be both, but but eighty percent of everyone has both. So, as I understand, eighty-one percent of everyone. Eighty percent of people with autism also have ADHD. So there's a lot of crossover. Occurring ADHD. However, it's the ADHD side that impacts poor working function in your memory. Okay. Um, did I say that right? Is it working memory? You said poor working function. I don't yeah, think that I, it, the, the, it's poor executive function. My function is perfect. <laughs> it's, sorry, I, I, I dyslexic that. It's poor executive function slash working memory. There you go. Yeah. Blar. That'll that was, That's the ADHD said. And there's nothing wrong with clear cabinets. Like they have glass do- cabinet doors. They're gorgeous. Um. So anyways, my point. So... When you're playing a video game, you don't have everything, all your equipment, all your inventory, all your stuff. Like you still have to go into folders and find all that, right? To play the game. Um, well, I guess it depends on what game you're playing. Do you play games with like multiple types of guns or rifles or yeah. knack sack knack sacks? Like I've been yeah, knack sacks. Um What do you call them? Knapsack? Oh. Or a backpack, maybe. <laughs> like a knapsack is more for like uh, backpackers from the 1800s. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I played Fallout 76. Okay. On my PlayStation, mm-hmm. and so you go into your Pip Boy, which is this armband that your character wears. Okay. And within there, it'll tell you all of your inventory of. Your weapons, your aid, your food and your drinks because your character has to be fed and well-nourished. And do you organize all those things or does the game organize it for you? They're they're organized like you can hit like a button and it, it'll organize it based on weight or it'll based on maybe it does alphabetized. I'm trying to think of how mine's organized. It's kind of all over the place. It's not very well organized. Well, so the the reason I bring up video games as being part of your manageable life quadrant list is because, you know, you don't pay attention. It's so sneaky the way these video games are done. And, and I'd say in some cases very advantageously because you do the practice of organizing information actually helps you build that executive function. And, and then going back to something regularly and remembering where you put it is the same kind of tools that we use for like word recall, which I suck at. Um, but also where you put things around your house. Like it's still a process of putting it somewhere and, and tagging it in your brain. So your brain can go back to that place and find it when you you can, you can favorite an item and then you have a list of like your favorites and and it puts a little heart next to it. That's cute. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's really cute. Right before I blow someone's head off, I'm like, oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> I brought my favorite gun, bitch. But you could do the same thing. You could create a, ca- a favorite. S- I have a favorite s- spot on my stove. Like everything that's my favorite sits right there on my, my one burner. Okay. So you could do that. You could apply that same thing to daily life. Like the organizational I'm skills. i go around my apartment, put little hearts and everything. This is my favorite place to take a shit. <laughs> it's not what I meant. Like. My favorite place to eat. <laughs> 
I meant in terms of inventory or household supplies or little things. Like if there's something you're using a lot, you can. I need, I need it out so I can see it. That's what I'm saying. Keep it out. Mine's sitting literally on top of my back burner. I'd so walk around naked if I could. Yeah. Just to make sure everything's still there. Just so you can pick up all the old dog hairs with your feet. What? He's talking about my my manhood. Oh, I was just thinking of you. It's a bug in here. Michelle's apartment is covered There's in fruit bugs. flies because I have the cats. <clears throat> I have fruit flies too. Oh, what's my excuse? I have no idea. <laughs> what is your excuse? Because I live in Georgia and it sucks here. Oh, there's bugs everywhere. No, that part's true. Um, did we talk about last Fourth of July? Did we talk about fireworks and I'm sensor sure we sensitivity? Did. Yeah, yeah, we did. So is it not worth going back into? Because for the we're recording on the third, so tomorrow's Fourth of July. No, I think I mean the fact that I don't think we labeled the last one as Fourth of July. So no, I think I think that would have been episode three that we did, maybe, probably, or episode who knows what episode that was, maybe three or four. I don't know. Um, the reason I bring it up is, uh, you know, tomorrow's 4th of July here in the States. So we're celebrating our independence. But it's kind of a weird holiday because, you know, we're celebrating when people still had, technically when people still had slaves. Not even technically, when in reality people had slaves. Yeah, it's sort of compartmentalized, right? We're really only celebrating... The freedom part, not the part that was free for freedom for who. Right. We have a long way to go. And I'm not laughing because it's like funny, but it's it's just it's amusing how people, you know, forget. Yeah. People forget that part of it. I mean, we have a lot of that compartmentalization and forgetting going on right now in other areas. It's like areas. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we, we we ate. And I'm like, yeah, didn't we also come over here and like... Mess some stuff up. Mess some stuff up. Yep. Uh, but I mean, I say we, it's not my, not my people. My people weren't here yet. <laughs> Fair point. I mean, some of them might've been, but I don't know. The I Irish? Think, I don't think you were here yet. Yeah. We were persecuted. Yeah. You, the you Irish, were. Yeah, Irish you were. people. They'd call us mean names. Yep. Which is kind of, as far as like bad names for a group of people, they would call Irish people Mick. M-I-C? I think it's M-I-C-K. Really? Yeah. You didn't know that? What's it supposed to mean? It's, I think the idea is because like everybody that's Irish, like their last name is like McConnell or, you know, McInnes or Mc, whatever. So there was social slang way back then? In the 1800s? Wow. Well, of course there was. Where do you think all the horrible racial slurs come from? They're all old. I just was thinking more about how every time I turn around, there's some new abbreviation or some new combination of letters. It's supposed to have some new meaning and it's really hard to keep up with. And so now you're saying, you know, M-I-C-K, but yet it's really just an M-C. I mean, I'm just... I don't know. I'm just saying. I I mean, if you spelled out the word... I'm just saying it's really hard to keep up with all the things that we do that are outside of the English language. Well, yeah, I was like some some dude. I guess I'm not gonna I'm gonna butcher this if I do it, but I'm just gonna say it anyway because I don't remember the guy's name. I don't remember the guy he was talking about. 
I don't know what he said. I just remember reading an article about this dude saying something that was considered racist. And he's like, no, I didn't mean it to be racist because the word is actually meant to be this other thing as which I was referring to. Whereas it can also be taken to be racist in certain people's circles. Don't you think part of the problem with this is, and this is actually an interesting segue into like how autism and social circumstances can be so frustrating is because what I notice the most is that you tend to gravitate towards a literal definition. Me? Yeah. And not just you, but um, most neurodivergent individuals that I have the opportunity to talk with. It's like if I use a word because I think it has several meanings, it usually stops the conversation and be like, no, this word means this. And I was like, oh, Blake does that to me. I have a good example of that. And then we'll get into more of the 4th of July fireworky sensitive sensory sensitivity type things. Oh, right. Okay. Um, what were we talking about? Shit. Uh, well, the literal definition oh, of Oh, literal. That's and, what I was saying. And not all social. I had a girlfriend. Yeah. A long time ago. <laughs> and uh, we made, we were having a conversation. It wasn't heated or anything. And she said something. And I was like, well, that's kind of an ignorant thing to say. Mm-hmm. And she got real mad i'm sure and i was like i was like um i was like what i was like why are you getting so upset she's like you called me ignorant i was like i didn't say you were ignorant i just said what you said was ignorant she couldn't differentiate a bit well and she she's like how is what i said ignorant and so i thought it was a good idea to explain what the word ignorant meant No, based on its definition and i was like ignorance just means a lack of under uh, like a lack of knowledge it just means that you just lack knowledge in a specific area and therefore you're ignorant on that subject and yeah, i was like here everyone here look hear. and so i pulled out i used to this was back when i used to carry a dictionary around <laughs> you in my carried backpack. a dictionary yeah oh well you I had used, a backpack it's sick because i used to look words up when i would be in class or whatever and mm-hmm. the teacher would say like verisimilitudinous and i'd be like okay i gotta look that up Smarty pants. Um, because a teacher embarrassed me one time because he was said in when I was going to college and he was he was talking about agency and I was like agency like f- the Federal Bureau of investigation like that kind of agency. Yeah, that's a word that has multiple applications that are super confusing. Um, and he's like, no, agency is in one's ability to act. And I was like, I've never heard that before. But right. it's because I was in film school and it's a film school term that people use a lot of the time, oh. like character's agency. Mm-hmm. This character has no sense of agency. I'd never heard that before. And he's like, how long have you been going here? I was like, it's my first day. Dear God. Um, I'm going off on a tangent and I'm losing my... Um, okay, so I talked about the ex-girlfriend. You, then you told she her was she ignorant. was ignorant. But she was. And I, was, I stand by it. <laughs> That's probably why the many reasons we're not together. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she, and then I pulled out the dictionary and she got, that made it better. <laughs> I'm sure it did. <laughs> she was super mad. I was like, here, not only are you ignorant about this other subject, <laughs> you're ignorant about the word ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> I know how this feels, guys. Like he's done it to me so many times and it's never in like the calm, quiet, like this setting is. It's always when we're already confused and tripping over some other conversation so it's already heated and then now you're like throwing my words on the carpet and going you don't know what you're talking about like yeah and i you know don't get credit for having dyslexia so 
when I misspeak because my brain attaches to the word in the sentence I'm about to say, not the word I'm actually trying to say in the current sentence, I get, you murder me for that. It's just like, what are you talking about? You said the wrong word. I'm like, oh my God. Yes, my brain did that. I'm sorry. I don't like it. There's no way to stop and explain it to you because I've just said the wrong word and it just triggers that human autocorrectness part of your brain and then off we go. You sound pretty ignorant right now. Oh, do I? No, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> um, all right. Should I get back to the point of the... You're you're trying to make a point on the fireworks. Yeah, I was. So uh, forgive me if we talked about this last year because I don't remember. Uh, and hopefully you won't either because you'll have my crappy memory. So that's good. <laughs> um, but I, w- I was just... It, it made me think back to... Like when I think back on moments in my life where I'm like, I'm like, damn, I was really autistic that day or like, you know what I mean? Like, I know that sounds weird because how are you more autistic one day than another? I think it is, but I think you feel it more certain days just like with ADHD, but with um, the autism just because of the, um, the sensory overload. That's a true statement. Sure. And there was that one particular time when we were in Santa Ana this and particular one was It bad. was like, for, it was 4th of July. I don't remember if it was the day of or the day after or Do you day remember before. what we actually did for that 4th of July? Because all I remember was the aftermath. That's all I remember is that we were, did we go to the... I don't remember. Oh man, I don't know. I don't either. Yeah, but I, so we were in our apartment. It was so loud. It was so loud. Like the, the neighborhood, like, and it's funny because we were living in California where fireworks are completely illegal. Like mm-hmm. anything that makes noise, other than maybe those like little whistlers things, but any like exploding fireworks are completely against the law. At least they were at that time. I and don't know. my whole f- my f- my first thought was even like wasn't even about myself. I'm like, what if there's like some war veteran? Because that's what I always think about is like, what if there's some war veteran who doesn't want to hear explosions going off? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I agree. I you don't. Know, I don't um, agree with fireworks. But but then again, it's it's what's different when it's orchestrated by the city, and it's like okay, it's from this time to this time, and that's it. It's going to be like a forty-five minute, hour-long thing. Right. Then like okay, people can plan for that. You can't plan for going off all fucking night, or two days all, in advance, or odd hours of the night, mm-hmm. and going off like right by your apartment or your house or whatever. It's, uh, I'm getting stressed just thinking about it's coming and yep. it's already started. People are starting their fireworks. Anyway, the, that particular day was probably the, the most stressful 4th of July ever for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because like it felt like all of our neighbors had bought like this arsenal of fireworks. Mm-hmm. So we decided to go out to the pool and we went into the hot tub to try and like relax a little bit. And I just ended up like. I continually, or continuously, I guess continually because it wasn't nonstop or I would have drowned, um, would submerge myself completely, uh, my head, everything, under the water. And just like that was like the only sense of solace that I would, would get. It was like the the sound of the bubbles and the, you know, just the pressure from the water would mm-hmm. like wash out the sound and the kind of percussive nature that comes with a firework but it was like it looked it literally looked like a war zone like from a movie or something it was brutal and smoky it went on for 12 hours 
after. I don't the, remember how long it was. I just remember. I being did. Miserable. I counted because because I could. I I felt helpless. We didn't know. I mean, you were the most uncomfortable and the most upset and absolutely the most irritated I've ever seen you over sound. Like you've always been a little sensitive to sound, but you've never been. I mean, you were just there was no. What are the words like? There was absolutely no way consoling me to console you. Yeah, those are good words. And CBD I got my wasn't, dictionary here. I'm yeah, ready. CBD wasn't what it is now. Like it wasn't a. It, if it was around, it was like medical only. Like it wasn't readily available. There weren't options. Now we have you know different things now, but not then. It had to have been like 2012, 2013. It was a while ago. But I wonder um, how other people deal, you know, with things like fireworks and, you know, going to concerts and when there's a lot of people. It's really difficult because there are so many um, things I'd like to do in my life that I just avoid doing because I'm like, ugh. Yeah. There'll be people there. Well, so like what do we say to Declan? Because, um, you know, Declan is, is three and a half and he's of an age where... I don't know if he knows he's autistic. Like, I don't know if he knows. He doesn't know what that means, obviously. But I don't think he does. Um, he, Why would he? No, of course he doesn't. But he he there's moments where like you can tell he wants to engage in social things like um, and tomorrow we're planning to potentially go to some city event, you know, and it's it's going to be interesting because he's going to want to go. But we also know he's going to be overwhelmed by the sound and. I bought him noise counseling headphones. Oh, they're at the hub. Um, but it's like, how do we, how do you talk to him and tell him you're going to need these extra things? You know, like what we just give them to him. You don't have to sit there and go, you're autistic. Like, um, I think just preparing him and knowing that he might have, might struggle. It's just like, you don't have to, teach someone that they need to eat food like you just start feeding uh, well some, well yeah that's true so what you're saying so one of the things we've always done with him is like that dry run like we've always given him the chance to see something ahead of time and there's no real way to do that with every single thing we can pull up fireworks of course and show him fireworks on the tv screen but there's no way to prepare him for the overwhelm of the crowds is what i'm trying to say so like you just go, okay, we're going to stick together because it could be stressful. I mean, the, the truth is that this isn't, how do I say this? So under the umbrella of neurodivergent includes. Sorry, the way you said that. What do you <laughs> say under the umbrella of neurodivergence? I know. Yes, that's what Sorry. I meant. There's anxiety and depression. And so anxiety is is more commonly experience than I think most people understand like they recognize in themselves and so that crowd sensitivity that chaos sensitivity you know there's the live music that kind of you know like you were talking about that bass and the just the sounds and the sensory feelings of those like the impact of the fireworks you you can feel that stuff in your body you can feel that with a lot of music and a lot of people too (laughs) so right it's a very common thing to be experienced actually you have noisy fucking neighbors dude I do. They're dickheads. Sorry, continue. Just like the, the the walking and the door slamming and shit. It's like it's fucking 11 o'clock at night. 
Yeah, my building doesn't sleep. Does your building sleep? Most of the time, like the people upstairs are kind of noisy, but like it sounds like they're running around upstairs. Oh, and it's bad up there. I, um, I've had a family member over here before who is sensitive to sound and things like that, and it has created a full-on panic attack just listening to them. And and this person has had to leave because she's like, I can't be here. I'm like, I get it, I get it. They put carpet or they took the carpet out and put hardwood floors up there. That's nice. What a th- how thoughtful. Yep. And then they meanwhile, ch- you don't even have a friggin' microwave over here. I do not. I don't need one either. But yeah, you do. Humans need microwaves. It's like a, it's like a human right. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't use like it. Like birth control should be. I agree. Free yeah. condoms and birth control and microwaves for everyone. <laughs> Free vasectomies. Vasectomies? Mm-hmm. What? I didn't say to get your tubes tied. I'm just offering help. I said condoms and birth control. I agree. At least you get to just take a pill. Oh, that is not a good thing. Have you taken birth control pills? They don't make them for dudes. If they did, I would take one. What those things can do to a woman, they already, ha- especially, I mean. Trust me, the pills that I take do plenty. I'm sure that's true, but but, my, but all my business works just fine, ladies. Yeah, but but they're talking about <laughs> screwing around with our hormones. Our hormones are hard enough as what it was is. That word? Hormones. I can't. Our mirror. I know because that's how you spell it. You need the extra O in there, and then I can never say it. What the hell? Oh my God! This yeah. isn't the the dude over there who's looking for his son again, is it? I have no idea. Banging dude. on the door. 11 no, but seriously, like we talk about how missed women can be in autism and ADHD circles, and I would say the same is true for anxiety and depression. But um, one of the reasons why it's so easily missed, and the doctors will straight up just tell you, "Oh, well, you know, hormones. It's uh, you have hormones. It's so hard to." to distinguish these things. I mean, a lot of times ADHD is misdiagnosed as like um, PMDD, which is, I can't remember. It's some, it's a period problem. Like it's menstruation. It's one of those, oh, like PMS. It's, Shouldn't it be called womenstration? You would think, but men name everything for us. So. Dad jokes. Yeah. Got a so bunch. It, we get, we a lot of times, and then let's go back to the neuroscience of it. That every time you have a thought, that thought triggers neurotransmitters, which connects to neuropeptides, which then connects to the hormones in your body to generate a feeling. And so everyone's like, well, your hormones are all whacked. And it's like, ding dong, my hormones produce my emotions. So yeah, if the, the two are intrinsically connected, because that's how the human body works. So instead of getting help for our emotions, we're just told that we're screwed because we have hormonal swings because that's how the human body works for a female so the fact that they've tangled all these things together and they be like oh just take a birth control pill and you're just screwing with my hormones once again like it's the worst possible thing to do and don't they make them like don't they make different types so that one might work better than the others (laughs) forgive my ignorance (laughs) well played thank you yes but the process of figuring that out the doctors will often give you the wrong pill and they're like well but you got to stay on it for three months so we can really see because it takes some time to get used to it so you got to three months in agony getting the right birth control pill is just as agonizing as getting the right anti-anxiety medication someone that takes actually it takes it takes a lot longer than three months for for what for anti-anxiety medication to be to know it's right i think that's fair I mean, I'm per- still trying to figure it out. You are. You're feeling like you're doing better on this last adjustment than I saw you on the adjustment prior. But, 
but I mean, birth control so is is a tricky thing, and estrogen and testosterone, you know, and progesterone, they work really. Uh, sen- they're very sensitive in in a woman's body, especially depending on her age. So every five years, the hormone, what do you call it? Like the um, not the sequence, but the the where we are in the stage of just our development hormonally changes. So, you know, what a 25 to 30 year old woman is going to deal with compared to a 40 to 45 year old woman is completely different. And so we have a lot of doctors that don't take the time to figure that stuff out. If you don't already have a diagnosis of autism or ADHD or anxiety or depression, and then you go into your OBGYN and go, okay, now, now I have this, you know, help me figure out this hormonal hormone. Why can't I say that word? That was fun. Hormonal piece. Blah. Blah, 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 blah. Then what you can end up with if you're completely undiagnosed in every area and then or you're and you're just starting to kind of work through the curiosity of different potentials, then you're going in for, you know, to basically a hormone expert and saying, Help me figure this out and they throw you on some random birth control pill that just skyrockets two or three other things and then no one knows where to look because it was created by your OBGYN and your OBGYN is going to go well I only deal with reproductive things like if you really want hormone testing you got to go to an endocrinologist and now you're adding another specialist to it and it's a it's no wonder why this world gets so convoluted and con- and confusing and it's this is just the woman's perspective because it's what I know but you know <sighs> It's not like to hear the man's perspective on birth control, Rochelle. I I gave it to you. It's it's and I think it's great. It's a vasectomy. That is not the man's perspective on birth control. That is bullshit. Because if there was a pill that dudes could take, I'm sure we would. If we had to shove it into our pee holes, we'd take it. Really, really, with sensory sensitive issues, you do that. Well, I'd need a shot first. (laughs) The truth. I only say that because we know the effect of of condoms is not it's just not 100 percent. neither is birth control correct but one creates hormonal issues and one doesn't so i don't think that they're fair to put side by side there have been plenty of whores who have moaned when i've used condoms (laughs) okay is that what we were talking about no okay that's okay i feel bad now because i used i said whore moans i mean I understand. Especially considering that we have mostly female listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, ladies. Don't don't break up with us. I'm so sorry. No, it's a, it's a tricky... I mean, I'm glad we were circling around to this because it's the one caveat that makes life so... Why do you keep going to vasectomy, though? Tying my tubes and having my balls swell up like the size of watermelons. Okay, so you had a family member that had a rare complication to a vasectomy and it has scarred you for life. Like you're scared. Yeah, I'm not getting one. Okay, but that's because you had an event that is traumatized your perception of this procedure. And which... he did it because of me. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? Well, because it was my dad. You keep. It's so funny because you, you're like trying not to, he's dead, so it's okay. We can talk about it. Okay, well... Who's he going to tell? You know, I work under under the laws of HIPAA, so I work really hard not to... He ain't coming back. He ain't going to sue. <laughs> I mean, I'm just by habit. I just generalize everything because I work to protect. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm talking about someone I dated, I'm talking about Rochelle. Hey. <laughs> it's not fair. Uh, I don't ever correct you either. 
No, actually, I don't know if that's actually true. I, I think you I would have probably. once or twice. I just don't say anything. No, I really don't. I, th- I was that was actually supposed to be a joke. Oh, it's funny that now you think I have. I think you have. Yeah. When? Oh gosh, I don't have a good memory either. I don't know. Okay. I'd have to go back and when I put all the episodes up on the website, I'll remember because I have to listen to them all again. Someone on Facebook shared something, and it's like uh, become a meme. Um, and then a, a friend, a Facebook friend. Um, posted something and i was like you copied that but it just made me think of um it was like oh like me and uh uh what is it like if back in the day if i would have been like oh me and rochelle are no longer dating and you were like that is not a very nice way of telling people we got married (laughs) oh that's what a friend posted okay said such and such and i are no longer dating and someone was like, that is not a very cool way of telling people you got married. I mean. I thought it was pretty funny. I think it's functionally correct. Yeah. She's not my girlfriend anymore. Okay. It's true. Yeah. Anyway, I, I regret saying it now. Okay. Well, so then are there other areas so where um, we are starting to have a lot of really big conversations with Declan because uh, I mean it just seems like out of nowhere he's grabbing the concepts of a lot of different parts of life very fast so do we ever yeah he was cooking meth the other day (laughs) good little meth head cooker not not meth head just just Just, okay just a little little meth (laughs) shift meth boy rd (laughs) you watching breaking bad again um no Okay. I just, meth popped in my head. Well, I mean, so someone brought up a good point recently. Um, You know, and we have a lot of listeners that have kids. So is this a conversation we think we need? I don't don't believe that we need to have a conversation that says, hey, by the way, you're autistic or you're neurodivergent and you need to, um, you know, handle life differently. I, I tend to think that we just need to be there for our kiddos the same way we're trying to be there for ourselves which is this is your need and this is how we work to support your need and this is how you self-advocate for your need and you know in time there's going to be so much more social I hope acceptance definitely awareness Um, I think the bigger challenges for explaining neurodiversity is for us as adults because we're the bigger population that are trying to figure out where we fit socially. But I don't know that our kids necessarily are going to be in that same boat. Maybe if they're older than Declan, they will be, you know, if they're teenagers at this point, that might be a different conversation, but talking about this. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I do know that teenagers still tend to be really ruthless you know, when they start to pick out things that are different that they don't understand. And so I think that comes down to... That's why you got to teach these autistic kids to fight, have them beat the shit out of the neurotypical kids. <laughs> oh, come That'll on. teach them. Do you mean that? A little bit. I think what I would like to teach Declan is how to recognize someone else's anxiety, how to recognize when someone else is, um, you know picking on I get picked on sometimes and I look at it and I go oh it's because oh it's because you're anxious it's because you have emotions you can't deal with 
And you're trying to push it back on me because it's easier to deflect it than it is to manage it yourself. Like I'd almost rather teach that skill of awareness and being able to recognize what the other person is doing instead of being in it like a ping pong ball and be and then in, you know reacting to it and letting that person affect me I have done that many times is someone will come up to me like you did this thing wrong and how dare you and you didn't read my mind and you didn't do all this stuff and I was just like what the hell are you talking about woman so I didn't have the discernment to recognize what was happening to me in the moment and so I defended myself and I went point for point with her and thought I was doing the right thing and in hindsight it was like, I didn't do the right thing at all. I should have stepped back and be like, whoa, this is your problem. This is <laughs> your anxiety. This is your inability to manage your embarrassment. And you're looking for someone to blame because you don't know how to process what you just experienced or forgive yourself for it. And somehow you think attacking me is going to diffuse the situation. I wish I'd had the hindsight to do that. I wish someone had taught me that. My parents didn't know how to do that. Um, my dad was starting to, but I didn't get any training in there. And I almost think that would be a better skill to pass on to Declan is to see that kind of stuff happening. Because the thing about those social interactions is they do tend to be pre like not predictable. They're, how do I say it? Like almost scripted. Like once a process starts, it's going to go through a predictable pattern. If someone's embarrassed and anxious it's going to follow a certain set of rules. Like you can kind of start to see it coming if you start looking for it instead of always reacting. But I find myself naturally very defensive. I'm not going to make the joke I was going to make. This is too serious of a conversation. Okay. Thank you. What did you say? <laughs> you got sidetracked on the joke you wanted to make. Yeah. Well, I just, I, one of my challenges. Succinctly. Come on, let's hear it in two, two brief sentences. I find that I feel the need to defend myself often and I get caught up in accusations or in being picked on or being singled out and I don't always have the ability to stand back from the moment and see what's happening on the other person's side and so I get sucked into it. And then I'm like, why did I even react to that crap? It wasn't even my crap. But before I know it, I'm turned around going, did I do something wrong? That was like a whole paragraph. Why do you pick on me? You make it too easy and it's fun. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm literally asking you for help. Okay. Well, on what? I'm saying I, I think when it comes to teaching Declan or any of our kiddos, you know, how to handle social situations as we grow up. I don't know that it necessarily needs to be like, here, you have this label. I think it needs to be more just teaching the, the, the footprint of the social situations they're going to find themselves in so that they have a higher perspective of how to handle them. It's, okay. So instead of reacting, they're able to respond. Because the thing is, is just like you pulled out your dictionary earlier, because you know the definition of that word. So much so that if someone uses the definition of that word wrong, that computer in your brain was like a uh, red flag. So I almost find it. What's the right word? Um, Want my dictionary? No, I do. <laughs> I find it. Um, I guess a thesaurus would be more appropriate than a dictionary. I always, yeah. Struggling to find a word. Uh, I find it 
sad. That's not the right word. But because of how accurate your ability to word recall with definition or, you know, like you can pick out certain things. Once you've learned it, it's databased. So well, that's not true. My memory is not getting, it's getting worse. Well, your working memory, but not your database memory. No, I'm having, I have a harder time remembering certain things. I used to just be able to pull like movie quotes and stuff like that out of my ass. And now I'm like, who's the guy from that mm. movie with the thing? You eating a lot of sugar still? The fuck does that have to do with You anything? eating a lot of gluten still? Yeah, of course. Okay, well that those two things are going to create brain fog. How about dairy? Add that to the list. Eating well, a lot of ice cream? Okay, to be fair, dickhead, you just you you made a bowl of cheese <laughs> with bread and vegetables for dinner. I made homemade fondue and it was amazing. Yeah. But so I've done it I do it once crap. a year. There was a lot of Was there any cheese in that cheese? <laughs> Actually, for How the, much gluten was in the bread that you got? There was very little bread, but that was one dinner. How much are you eating? So I'm just, look, neurobiologically, these foods do create and help to contribute to brain fog. Multiple MDs have written books about it. Are you eating your um, omegas? Are you getting all those, those nutrients in your brain? You know I'm I'm not, and you know that I am. <laughs> I'm just saying these factors. I try to take, I, I don't know, like I, I don't have... A good system for taking med like my medication like I I can do that and then sometimes I'll remember to take vitamins sometimes I don't I just it's just it's so exhausting like being all like uh being all prepared yeah it has to be part of a strategy all right well I need a better strategy then I guess I need to manage my own life we can get you a potty watch but I'm gonna start by taking a dump <laughs> I knew. <laughs> I knew you were going Well, there. with my potty watch. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're doing with Declan. Because I love to potty. I'm just saying it doesn't have to be that. You could be... You, and you do use your phone, right? For a lot of timers and things? I do. And my watch, too. Do you snooze them or do you take action on them? Um, they often are snoozed. But you got the mental reminder in the moment. I know, but then usually in the moment, I'm like, eh, something else is going on or hmm. something else. Like, you know, I get, it's a I look, get distracted. It's a, it's a lot to manage. I mean, to manage your food, that means you've got to know what foods you are preferred or not preferred. And then you've got to really limit the amount of foods and recipes you're willing to experiment with in any week. Because anything you're trying to experiment with, then you're going to forget about. And that's going to create that inventory in your cabinets that just piles up that you don't remember. It's a lot. Daily life management is a lot. There's absolutely no doubt. All what, true. What do you got for us? Oh, is that where we're going? I don't know. Where are we? Uh, Time-wise? Mm-hmm. We're at like 55 minutes. Sounds good to me. Okay. So is that it for now? Wasn't there something else specific we wanted to talk about? News Minute! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am the king of segues. <laughs> well done. Was there something? Else? Well, we can always talk about it next week. I think this week is, um, but there's so much news and pop minute to get through. Go for it. Um, it'll be, um, I, I try to keep the episodes like around the same time each week, but Rochelle just keeps talking. So what are you going to do? <laughs>
like I said, news minute. <laughs> I'm not teasing. I'm not. I'm just teasing. Rather, I'm not trying to like hurt your feelings or anything. My feelings are not hurt. Okay, good. I have a much thicker. How do you skin. say this lady's? The, to me, this lady's name is either Gislane or Jizlane, and Jizlane sounds like a really disgusting highway. I have not heard. I want to say Jizlane because of what she did. Okay. Jizlane Maxwell sentenced to twenty years in prison for sex trafficking minor girl girls for Jeffrey Epstein. Have you been following this story at all? Uh not in detail. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. If anyone knows anything about Jeffrey Epstein, he's a, well, he's dead. Um, so he's got that going for him because he can't go to prison. No, he already was in prison. I thought he was in prison. Yeah. I think that everyone, oh, the, the assumption, what was it? He Did he kill himself? But then a lot of people have said, that, oh, he killed himself, like something. It's like a lot of conspiracy theorists out there that say that, you know, he, the way he died was too suspicious suspicious wow anyway so his girlfriend his longtime girlfriend and uh sex trafficking partner is getting 20 years in prison uh meanwhile r kelly Mm -hmm. the famed r&b singer is sentenced was sentenced to 30 years in prison for federal racketeering and sex trafficking charges what's racketeering i'm looking it up because i don't remember (laughs) I, i i knew what it was a minute ago uh, racketeering is a type of organized crime in which, which the perpetrators set up a coercive, fraudulent, extortionary, or otherwise illegal coordinated scheme or operation to repeatedly or consistently collect a profit. You know, racketeering. Okay. Oh, it's, it's it, ex- extortion by vict- from a victim by threat or force. Oh, okay. That's I can, the, I can the understand simplified that version. Okay. So, yeah. it's and And what's crazy is that all the way back when uh, Chappelle show was on, Dave Chappelle was, you know, they made that video like, I want to piss on you. Oh, I remember that. That was making fun of R. Kelly because he apparently was doing some weird stuff and he got in a lot of trouble because he was with like some underage girls and this was like 20 years ago. Wow. And he's just now getting sentenced for this other, I don't know, it's crazy. Um, so I don't, I don't have a ton about that because it's gross stuff and I don't want to get too far into it, but I also didn't want to ignore it either. Okay. Uh, 22 attorneys general reaffirm commitment to supporting and expanding access to abortion care in their states. This is according to CNN's Christina. Here's another fun last name. Squiglia. (laughs) Squiglia. I'm sorry, Christina. Get a better last name. Uh, 22 attorneys general, I just said that. Oh, it's just the actual, um, it's the actual part of the article. Uh, 22 attorneys general reaffirmed their commitment to expanding access to abortion care in their states in a joint statement issued Monday. The coalition comprised of the attorneys general of New York, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, the District of Columbia, Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico, North Carolina, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Vermont, and Washington. (sighs) Said that when it comes to abortion care, it's your body and your right to choose. Nobody else gets to make those decisions, the statement added. The officials said broad access to abortion remains protected in states that recognize reproductive freedom, including in their states. And I say, of course, it belongs to the broads. 
Yeah. Uh, for those unable to make the journey, laws banning abortion in their home states will lead to poor health co- outcomes and reduced socioeconomic opportunities, they said. Those harms will fall disproportionately on people of color and people with fewer resources, further perpetuating our nation's historical inequities. <sighs> so for those who are interested, this is a list of some companies in the U.S. that will help cover travel costs for employees who need an abortion. This comes from CNN's Claire Duffy and Jennifer Korn. See, easier names. Microsoft, Apple, Meta, which is Facebook's parent company, Yelp, Disney, Uber, Netflix, Bumble, Match Group, Box.com, Levi Strauss, Comcast, NBC Universal, Warner Brothers Discovery, Conde, Nast, JP Morgan Chase, Nike, Starbucks, Dick's Sporting Goods, Kroger, Alaska Airlines, Goldman Sachs, and Zillow. Funniest one on the list, Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> Supporting abortion. Good for them. But as this, and this is a big but, this is obviously something that has been highly publicized. So if you do work for one of these companies, make sure that you are actually covered. Because I've read some conflicting stories online, especially those consider concerning unionized employees, which may not make the cut. Oh, that's not cool. Because uh, some, someone was saying something about um, the union. Starbucks. Because uh, I guess some of the Starbucks employees have unionized. And those people wouldn't be covered. And then also when I looked at it and it said Uber, and I'm like, Uber? Who the fuck are they covering? They're not covering the drivers because they're considered... Uh, independent. They're independent contractors. So it, it looks cute on paper, but I, I don't know how true that is. So I, just, I, well, I wanted to mention whole, that, yes, the these whole. businesses have said that they're going right. to do this, but it must. I know there's a whole corporate side of it. Right. But what are there, like 20 people that work for who Uber? Who knows? Well, I don't know. They've got the... They've got multiple industries. Plus all the foreigners that answer the phones when you need someone to answer a question. I don't know. I mean, this is just, it's just one of those things that's going to continue to divide people one way or another. And all, (laughs) like we need more topics to divide us, really. I know. And so I'm just going to go back to that original statement I said before about there are, it isn't, when I say before, I mean in previous episodes, there are very worthy causes to be for or against. More and more of those causes are showing up every day. I think the one thing I would say is if you find yourself continually feeling in opposition to something or someone that's going really, really wrong, I think it's good to have a stance but be mindful of how much of your own personal energy you're putting towards that resistance because uh, we have limited resources in our own body. And if we're spending it being actively angry and actively upset, you know, to the point where we're not functioning day to day because we're so busy with some of these outer world things that are going on that we're not managing ourselves very well. Well said. Can I continue? Did I segue into something you got? Yep. Wow, wow, that's a first. A Vermont <laughs> ski resort was in the news this week. Oh, <laughs> you tease. Okay. Currently known as Suicide Six. What? Who would want to ski there, first of all? In Vermont? Yeah. I hear it's beautiful. At a place called Suicide Six, you'd want to go skiing? That's a real name for it? Yes. Uh, okay. 
The resort announced that in the coming weeks, the name of the resort will change due to the obvious insensitive nature of the current name. Obviously. This is a quote from the resort's website. Sorry, the way you said obviously made me laugh. Our resort team embraces the increasing awareness surrounding mental health and shares the growing concerns about the insensitive nature of the the historical name. The feelings that the word suicide evokes can have a significant impact on many in our community. The note read, sorry, it's not funny, but it's just funny that it's like, no shit, it took them this long. Wow, we really don't evolve quickly as a race, do we? We really just... I wonder why it takes us so long to figure certain things out. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, Too many? I don't know. Now we got to change a very... uh, This is so stupid. One of my friends, when... um, we we did a video in high school. Okay. And the Dr. I, I am really no, I'm surprised that we didn't get in trouble because it technically had a racial slur in it. Okay. Cuz he was like driving with a girl and um it was supposed to be like tips for like uh so like economic tips for dating. Okay. And they're driving and he's like, "Oh, what kind of food do you like?" She's like, "I love Italian." And I, and I love uh like Indian food and he's like, "Yeah." That's great. That's great. Have you ever had Irish food? And then no one, we didn't get in trouble because we never really said it. But the joke was that they went to McDonald's. Oh. McDonald's. I get it. We thought it was hilarious when we were 15. (laughs) Doesn't every 15 year old think they're hilarious? Yeah. But I think I actually was kind of funny. You are. You still are. The post continued. It is, wait, did I already read this part? No. Nope. It is vital that the name better represents and celebrates what makes it a beloved and vibrant part of this community. Though some may find the change difficult, we stand <laughs> We stand by our conviction that this evolution is warranted for an iconic treasure and, more importantly, necessary to continue its rich history of inclusion and accessibility. Okay. I've never even heard of this place, so. Well, you just did. I did. I know. I've been enlightened. Uh, last year, California's Squaw Valley Alpine Meadows Resort. That's a mouthful. Squaw Valley Alpine Meadows Resort. Okay. Yeah. Which hosted snow events in the 1960 Winter Olympics, decided to change its name to Palisades. Palisades. And I'm, you're rubbing off on me. <laughs> Palisades Tahoe. <laughs> Palisades Tahoe. As opposed to Squaw Valley, which obviously um, I was, I didn't write it, but I further read that they worked with the Native American tribes in the local area to try and come up with a name that was more racially sensitive to the the people in the in that. I guess just in general, it's not really just specifically the you know tribal members that live in that area. No, but, but I mean paying paying heritage paying homage to that land or any land is is important yeah. i mean well i'm glad to see that you were able to find multiple ex- examples of companies standing up and taking some moral accountability for themselves i mean it that it takes every bit of this to create that cumulative shift that allows the intention behind the word inclusion to actually start meaning something right I'm still waiting. What was the name of the Washington? I know they were called the Redskins before. They're still the Washington. I don't know. I'm. Are they just the, called the Washington team now? I'm. I'm. I'm a bad football fan right now. I have. But they're not called the Redskins anymore, right? No, they were just. But aren't called, there? Aren't there like the Braves? They're still. still the, yeah, they're still. And they're still like. Isn't there like? Aren't there some other? 
Like, could you imagine if they had like some? But I think that. No, you're not gonna let me go there. Sorry, no, I'm not. <laughs> I I think the the not all of I don't know actually. I'm not gonna say that. I don't know. Okay. I just my understanding was the Redskins was the was the offensive one. Some of them are like the Tallahassee, Florida State Seminoles. That it's the it, English. That's not a derivative. That actually is the name of one of the tribes. So you're, you yeah, know. but you're still putting. I don't know. Like, isn't that uh, what's what's the what's the term the kids use these days when you take someone else's culture? What's that called? Cultural appropriation. Probably. You know. When I you, mean, when maybe you, if, you, if you're like a white woman and you dress like a geisha. Or something. Okay, well, from that perspective, then yeah, you're probably right. But people in the uh, uh, there's got to be people at the semen at the semen holes. Oh, maybe I on. shouldn't call them the that, semen holes. Yeah, that's where it goes wrong. Well, the only reason I say this is because it's a football team you like. Otherwise, okay, Seminoles, right? <laughs> you got to make fun of all my teams. Okay, um, but the uh, but if there was some some white dude in the crowd dressed like a you know stereotypical, but that like, but Native that's the American thing. They're not. Like, Their the, mascot is. A chief in a full yeah, headdress. Yeah, you can't do that. I don't think you can do that. Oh, well, these are the topics that are going to continue to be explored as we figure them out because what we identified with before is all changing for the it's better. True. Well, Hopefully we'll for the better. It. I'll say that. Maybe maybe not, but you know, it's all sp- it all has to change in order to shift. Whether it's good or bad is based on perception and judgment, and those things are based on the culture in which you were originally raised in, so we need to just continue to move towards acceptance and inclusion and be mindful of judgment. It's not helpful for us or them or anyone. I don't mean them. I didn't even realize that the Seminoles was like a Native American. I mean, I knew that there was like some Native American thing behind it, but I thought it was made up. Dude, we tomahawk chop like every single touchdown. Yeah, you you can't tomahawk chop things. That's super racially insensitive. Almost as racially as insensitive as my semen hole joke that I made. Okay. That well. I'd like to take back now. I'd like to redact that okay. from the conversation. Okay. While I get on to Pop Minute. <laughs> um, Top Gun Maverick, sequel to the 1986 classic, was in the news this week. The film has just crossed the $1 billion mark, which makes it the very first Tom Cruise film in history. To hit that number. Really? As someone who has seen the film, I have to say, you need to see it in theaters before it comes out on digital. It is an awesome movie. There's a lot of throwbacks to the original. The flight sequences are breathtaking, and it's just a lot of fun to watch. So there you have it. Tom Cruise is now in the Billion Dollar Club. And you took Declan to this, right, on the opening night? I, I don't know if I took him on opening night. but oh, I do, because I was envious. I took him to see it, and he fell asleep. Um, and then he woke up like, Toward the end of the movie, he watched the the beginning and the end. He missed the entire middle. Maybe that's okay for him. He just kind of laid in my lap and took a nap. Um, it's usually the larger franchise pictures that hit the $1 billion mark. Movies like anything Marvel, Harry Potter, The Dark Knight, etc. But people are going back to the movies and this makes that makes this cinephile a very happy camper. I love watching movies in the theater. Yeah. So... Good job. Thank you. All right. Hopefully we didn't offend everybody this week. 
maybe a few people, but you'll forgive us, I hope. I'm not trying to offend anyone. I, I don't... Um, I was talking about me. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of angles to everything. I mean, it's... it's Ankles? Angles. There's a lot oh. of... A lot of I was like, only with... Everyone has ankles, Rochelle. No. <laughs> um, right. No, there's just a lot of angles, and everyone has a different viewpoint, and everyone comes from a different origin and a different... Um, I, I'm personally spending a lot of time just connecting into my own lifetime trauma, and so I'm at a point where I have been deeply offended by a lot of things in my life, and now that I'm starting to see some of the lifetime trauma patterns that I've just... that I've ne- I've never seen before... It's interesting because what I'm noticing as the as it looks like there's major sections of the world that are falling apart, I'm I'm actually feeling and maybe I'm just numb. Maybe it's not even healthy, but I it feels like a healthy disconnection and just going, yeah, okay, a lot of things are happening. I definitely have my opinions of what and how and you know where it's going, but at the same time I don't feel myself as compelled and pulled into the emotional side of it all because to some degree it's like I need to preserve my day and my ability to feel you know good throughout the day and sometimes that means just putting a boundary around something that I may have strong opinions about but I'm reserving strong feelings because I still have to get through you know raising Declan and work and some of these things. And, and I've noticed that on the days that I allow myself to feel as angry as I, as I want to, I can't function very well. Like it'll, I'm, I have more physical pain. I'm more exhausted. I thought we were done. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to get edited out. That's what he's telling me. <laughs> It's going to be the end of Pop Minute. I'm going to be like, I'm Blake, I'm Rochelle, and we'll be back. <laughs> no, I'm Go ahead. Like, no, no, it's, it's fine. fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. Go ahead. Keep talking. No, I'm done. I'll stay awake. <laughs> oh, I was just wrapping up. I'm just, I just, as as an empath, as someone who, who identifies as someone who's, I mean, I'm sensitive. I'm emotionally sensitive. I'm emotionally sensitive to everyone else's feelings in the room. I just wanted to say that because we have no shortage of emotional triggers right now. That's all. No, we don't. There is no shortage. So. That's for sure. That's all I meant to say. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully we have some new music for you. I've been struggling as usual. I don't, I don't know if people do it. I, I don't know how... You, I, don't, I don't ever hear the struggle in your music. Oh, man. I, I, I've been... I'll record something and I'll toil over it and then I'm like, this sucks and then I'll delete it and then I'll make something new. And I've got like eight different tracks that I've been working on and they range in sound and they, they range in uh, names from meh to this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, maybe that's part of the problem. You're putting that meh energy into it. You got to come up with a better name. Like possibility. Did you just say menergy? I think you just coined a new word. I like it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta put some better energy behind it, some energy. That's right. That's right. You gotta put some optimism in there. You'd be like, possibly track forty two, or you know, maybe track nineteen. Like, give yourself some room to keep your creativity open. If you're automatically like, oh, this sucks, you're just literally shutting down the creative side of your brain. 
I'm Blake. <laughs> I'm still Rochelle. And we'll be back. <laughs> That's how I'm ending this one. <laughs>